of the Tome Show is brought to you by Continue Magazine, a quarterly magazine for gamers of all types and listeners like you. Thanks for using the Tome's Amazon store. This is Aton Bernstein, author of Dragon to Favor and the Magic Item Compendium and Exemplars of Evil, and you're listening to the Tome. Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner. And I'm Tracy Hurley. In this episode, we'll kickstart things into gear as we discuss Dungeons & Dragons documentary Kickstarter campaign. And joining us in this episode will be Anthony Savini, producer of the Dungeons & Dragons, a documentary. Uh, And you may notice that I don't sound super like my normal self. I've got a bit of a scratchy throat, so you've been warned. Well, and lots of things are off this episode because, as you may have noticed, it's episode 202, but 201 hasn't been released yet. So we're time traveling in this episode to get this episode out as quickly as possible to give all of you a chance to participate in this great Kickstarter campaign before it runs out. Soon you'll see episode 201, the live Gen Con episode hitting your podcatcher. Right on. And that was a good episode, too. I think people will enjoy that. That was the one with uh, Robin Laws that we did at Gen Con. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. But before we uh, get into the interview with Anthony, let's take a quick moment to say thank you to our sponsor, Continue Magazine. They are a quarterly gaming magazine about all sorts of gaming. Uh, So let's hear from them before we jump into the discussion about D&D, a documentary. For entire generations of people now, gaming is as much a part of the fabric of their reality as television, films, books, music, and any other form of entertainment medium. Continue is a magazine for the gaming community, the global gaming community. Not just video and computer games, but board games, card games, role-playing games, alternate reality games, and anything that falls into the category of humans engaging to have fun. A celebration of gaming. Everything we love about this mad entertainment sector. Continue Magazine at www.continuemag.com. Okay, we're back and it's time to jump right into it. So, Anthony, what is the documentary about? Wow. Uh, well, the documentary is about Dungeons and Dragons, um, but uh, we're also talking about other things. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons being the. Uh, sort of like the focal point of role-playing games. Um, it sort of took everything and focused it, and then it shot it out again. So you have this, like, this funnel almost of, of, um, of just the technology turning into something bigger than, than the game itself. So we're going to talk about its influence beyond the game, so we're going to look at the history. We're going to look at TSR. 
And then we're also going to look at where it's taken us because um, I, I was writing to somebody the other day and I, and I said, you know, it's hard to imagine that there are people who are playing things like um, Mass Effect and they don't realize that there's a lot of, of Dungeons and Dragons in that game. Right. And that, that's part of it for us, a big part of it for us, actually. Right, because up until D&D was created, like, there was wargaming and stuff, but D&D was when, when we got it from the point of view of one combatant or, or one person in the story rather than an entire legion or group. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, it, it, it really, it, being the place to, being the place that they, they sort of wrote down the rules for how you are to, um, you know, make a role. And granted, there was acting and there was other stuff going on. And even in the Midwest at that time, if you look at it, it was amazing. A few years earlier, you had... Um, the beginning of sketch comedy, not sketch comedy, but uh, Second City. And there was a lot of other interesting things going on in that area at that time that were all about sort of creating a new role. I don't know. It, it just was a really fascinating time. And Dungeons & Dragons wrote down the rules. And then everybody has taken it and made it into, you know, what, whatever they wanted to make it into after that. Right. Well, in a lot of ways, I mean, a lot of the... The game systems, whether it be tabletop gaming or, or video gaming, um, borrows even mechanically from some of the core of what Dungeons and Dragons created, right? Um, and, and it's you know it's it's easy to say maybe you know the concept of hit points is just a natural and, and it would have happened anyway, but we don't know that if it would have happened anyway because Dungeons and Dragons did it first and and everybody got their their start sort of from that. Yeah, and and you could even argue that you know uh, it could have just stayed. In the realm of of uh, just war games, mm -hmm. you know, because it was there in war games, um, and it was a, a hit. Was you know every time you had like a legion or a troop, mm -hmm. and you had you know each one represented six men, right? And so each hit was a hit on those that one guy, and he was okay six, and you'd know he has one less little troop in there, um, and so it it, it was there. But bringing it to the mass audience and sort of saying, this is your health bar, your personal health bar, starts right there at Dungeons and & Dragons. And, and I, was, I was looking at um, Diablo, mm -hmm. uh, the, the newest version of Diablo, and like, you, you look at the, the names of everything and it's like health and strength and all of these things that just really just go straight back to 1974. You know, and it's 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 really amazing. And yes, the mechanics. We interviewed um, uh, Alexis Ohanian from uh, from Reddit, and uh, he he said in his interview, he's like, it's just sort of amazing to realize that the same mechanics are you know that when we were rolling those dice, it's the same mechanics happening in these new games. It's just happening without dice. It's you know just all electronic. So. The research that you've done goes back pretty far and and involves stories from people who are you know no longer with us. Uh, how exactly is that process of researching this whole thing done? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> we've been we've spent a long time just sort of talking to everybody that 
we could talk to. Um, we went to Gen Con in 2011 to, to start meeting people. So we met Tim Kask there and we talked with him for a good long time and a few other people as well. Um, so talking to the people who were there, but then also um, researching as much as we can, meaning like uh, trying to find whoever, whatever books we can find. Um, like um, uh, Shannon Appleclean, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, wrote a book about RPGs and it's a history of RPGs and we sort of read that. Um, and uh, there's a couple new books. Well, one isn't out yet by David Ewald uh, mm-hmm. called Of Dice and Men. Uh, and he's done a lot of research and we interviewed him. And then there's this new book by uh, John Peterson, which I, I don't know if you guys have heard about yet, which is amazing. It's a 700-page tome called Playing at the World. And using these books, but then also um, talking to as many people as possible. Paul Stormberg is another person that we've talked to because he's, he's sort of the holder of a lot of the archives. He was the holder of the Dave Arneson estate for a little bit and uh, the Gary Gygax estate. Uh, so he, he knows a lot. So talking to these people, um, and really just parsing out, you know, what, what happened. It's, it's not an easy thing to do because there are a lot of different versions of the stories, which I'm, I'm sure you all know. It's a, it's a very, uh, um, hard sort of thing to figure out what, what really happened is, is not easy. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, some of the stories I've heard have just have been about the missing information now, the card work that was just discarded and, and other things that make it hard sometimes to figure out or to have copies of things or to find out exactly what was going on at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's a big part of it. You know, um, <clears throat> um, sorry, excuse me. When, um, uh, we were talking to Tim Cask the one time and, and, you know, he was saying they were just a bunch of gamers. You know, they all say it. They were just a bunch of gamers who made a company. They weren't so good at holding archives and figuring out how to, you know, just sort of keep a keep an archive. And, like, even, for example, the commercials, the old kind of cool commercials and stuff like that, Wizards of the Coast doesn't have them because uh, TSR didn't hold on to them. So, so like, there's there's a lot of things that you would imagine would be there that you know wizards would own, and they just simply don't have them because of you know just management problems at TSR. And then also, I think um, when they closed for what was it like six months before uh, Wizards bought them, uh, I think a lot of things got lost in that time period uh, because you know people probably were like, oh. We have this huge storage unit full of crap, and the company just closed their doors, and they probably just got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard a few stories from people who were around that, in that era too. And then I know I think it, is his name Jeff D, the artist who's recreating a lot of his artwork because it was yeah, lost. I think, yeah, I think Jeff is one of them, and I know um, uh, Diesel, uh, I believe, yeah. is is going to do that as well um, because it's it's. Yeah, everything's gone. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's sort of amazing. It's, here's this thing that 
you know, this game that nobody knew was really that important when it started. Um, and so, you know, but now we look back at it and it's like, oh my God, it was unbelievably important. And so in our minds, it's, you would think, yeah, of course they would have held on to stuff. And of course they would have, you know, wanted to sort of keep an archive and you know, just, just take photographs even. And no, they didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and it's funny because, it, I mean, it wasn't just them. I've heard uh, with Doctor Who there might have been a similar thing with some of the old mm-hmm. tapes. They, uh, they're they like, we don't need these anymore. So, hey. Well, no, they did, they did need them as I understood it. They needed the tape yeah. to, to record other things. And so they just right. t- taped over it. <laughs> and so some of, those, some of those episodes will just never exist again. Oh, my God. I never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, now, and you mentioned that Wizards doesn't have some of these things. Does that mean that you've you've approached Wizards and talked to them and, and uh, tried to cooperate with them to get some information too? Yeah, we, well, you know, we decided uh, – there was two things that um, we decided right away as a group. And we, I mean James Bradley and Andrew Pascal and myself. Um, we decided, one, um, we wouldn't want to make fun of gamers because w- <laughs> it's been done a thousand times. And there's no reason to do it. And um, and then two, the other thing was we couldn't do it without least without at least having the blessing of Wizards of the Coast to at least make the film. You know, we'd want to be on their radar so that they understand that we're we're here and we're you know just making something that is about one of their products. Um, and so, yes, we've, we've been talking to them over there, uh, and we're going to interview, uh, some people. I'm not sure who yet. We haven't really figured out who, but we're going to interview some of the people who are designing next. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, also, um, Ed Green, uh, Ed Greenwood. Yes. Ed Greenwood. Um, and a few other people as well. Um, you know, we want to bring it. To modern day, so of course we need to talk to Wizards of the Coast, sure. um, and then we talked to Peter Atkinson as well mm-hmm. um, about you know his sort of role in the whole thing. We talked to him for three hours actually. Sweet, <laughs> yeah. Nice. He, said, he said it was the longest interview he's ever done in his life, <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it. He, he actually was great. He was totally great. We just did it at the last Gen Con. So it's going to be a twelve-hour uh, movie, huh? <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. We're 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 going to do uh, we're going to do twenty-eight episodes, <laughs> a, mini, a mini-series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know, part of what we're doing is because nobody's really all right. So there is one documentary that tried to do this. And, um, you know, we're, we're dying to talk with them and, uh, uh, you know, sort of get their input. It's, uh, I, I don't know their names exactly. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting right now, but it's that, um, the, uh, dragons in the basement documentary. Okay. Um, and now uh, other than them and, and the documentary has never been finished. Um, nobody's really talked to a lot of these people, um, in, in real detail, Uh, so we look at it as an opportunity to do that. I think our longest interview to this day, um, and I feel bad, um, if George Strayton is listening, uh, I think we interviewed him for five hours, uh, 
Yeah, right. Um, and and part of it is because we take breaks and we sort of talk about what we want to talk about, and um, and also because there's certain things that people just won't talk about. So you know, we you know, it's it's all about just sort of um, hanging out and getting trying to get everything that we we do need, so we don't have to go back. Unfortunately, we we do invariably have to go back and talk with some people. Michael Tresca was another long one. We talked to him for hours. I don't, I don't remember how long. Cause he has, I don't know if you've, you guys have talked to Michael Tresca, mm-hmm. but he has some great, really, really interesting insights into, uh, into, you know, what, what the game meant to us and where it's going and stuff. And I don't know. We loved him. So when the, movie finally finishes what type of release are you hoping to see is it going to be online or is it going to be on dvds we're hoping um we're hoping to do a theatrical release oh nice um yeah that that's the main hope um it's you never know uh it just depends on the atmosphere when you get there if if suddenly there's a a a desire by some distributor to do it, then yeah, it'll be great, and we'll we'll do it. Um, and, and I'm not opposed to actually trying it myself uh, to to try and. Uh, and by the way, Andrew and James, this is probably the first time they've heard this, but uh, you know, <laughs> to try and to try and get a theatrical ourselves, of course, would be very difficult. But you know, it's been done in the past. Um, actually, I think Andrew was even talking about doing that at one point. Um, and and then, but yes, uh, I, on it we have a Kickstarter going, and the the two things that are on there is most certainly there will be a, a digital download of it, and um, Blu-rays and DVDs of it. Right on. And I've I've got some questions that we want to ask about the uh, the Kickstarter, but before we get into that, I, I have a couple more about the film itself. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you've already done a lot of work. You've been working on this thing for a couple of years now. Uh, and g- getting some interviews and, and doing this research. So, how much of the film is actually done at this point? We we are still doing interviews. So, um, and the, how much of the film is done? It's hard to say. Um, we've shot probably twenty some odd interviews, and there's a lot of people that we still want to talk to. Um, it's it's going to be very very complete. Uh, when it's done, meaning we're, we we want to make sure that we've talked to everybody that was at whatever point in time we need to talk to them about. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's was the right syntax. Um, but so we're going to talk to a lot of people. the The movie at this point is really just a loose structure, and we're still sort of filling holes. Like for example. Um, other than um, Peter and then uh, a couple other people, we haven't really covered the the final chapter of of um, uh, uh, TSR. There's other people that we would love to talk to that I think everybody would love to hear from, and um, it's just reaching out to them, you know, having them understand that we aren't out there to grill them and more, more or less just trying to get their story. Um, and that's a delicate long process. So, um, you know, there's, it's a hard question to answer, Jeff. Sure. <laughs> is, the answer, is the short answer. Too long answer. I would say we're, 
we're probably 50% done with the shooting and which would mean about, uh, you know, 10% done with the film. Okay. And, and probably the first question we should have asked, I guess, is, uh, how does this all come about this whole, I mean, how did, how is it that all of a sudden a bunch of people decided to get together and start making this documentary? Well, um, so Andrew and I worked on law and order, uh, years ago. And the one day while we're on set, he just sort of asked me, he was just like, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, um, possibly I might play Dungeons and Dragons. And, uh, we, you know, I hadn't played in years and he hadn't either, but he was deciding, he decided that he wanted to try and get a game together again. Uh, and so we've been playing for years now, uh, on and off, you know, not, not too regularly. Um, and then we were talking to one day and he was just like, he was like, I wonder if there's anything to the story of Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, I'll look into it. You know, let me see what, what I find. And I started looking online and I started realizing, wow, there's a really sort of convoluted, interesting story there that needs to be told. And then when I started looking into it more, I started realizing, wow, wait a minute. Uh, because I didn't know anything. I really didn't know anything. And then I started realizing, hold on a second. This is, this was the first produced mass produced role-playing game. That's hugely important in our day and age. And then I started looking at it in, a, in another way, which everybody who was involved in Dungeons and Dragons, I, I, I shouldn't say everybody denies this, but they, I don't think they, they look at it this way, but the, the, Right now, if you think about where we are, where, you know, uh, well, let's say within the last four or five years, we're in two really bad wars. We ha- we're having an oil crisis. We were in an economic crisis. Um, and really, there's a splintering of society in a way over, you know, let's, let's call it um, sort of a diversity that's come about via the Internet, which is not a bad thing. It's just that we've sort of spread ourselves thin. And all of these all of these things are, I think, in parallel to what was happening in the late 60s and the early 70s. And so I looked at it and I was like, holy crap, you had this the rise of the first role-playing game at a time that was exactly like now, where role-playing games are are a huge part of everybody's lives, if they if they know it or not. You know, I I, I I've argued and I think other people argue that, uh, you know, when you're on Facebook, you're playing a role, um, you know, and I'm not saying that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, said, how do I make Dungeons and Dragons into a social site? But, but the, I'm, and I'm not saying he did that. But what I am saying is that Dungeons and Dragons gave us the tools to make things like Facebook. And it's also helped us to become more able to do things like that like if you think about if you think about um you know like i I live in brooklyn and i you know will walk around every once in a while and i look at you know there is such a diverse way of living now like you can really be whatever you want on on a daily basis does that make sense like you know like i watch uh, you know i'll look at people and i'm like that person is, you know, dressing themselves like an avatar. 
you know, <laughs> you know, and I think this, this freedom came from us being, came from us having the tools of role playing games and understanding ourselves more. That might be a little utopian, but it's, it is sort of one of the things that I look at going to Gen Con, you know, and looking at how Indiana and Indianapolis, you know, completely, they love Gen Con, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're talking about a bunch of people who are walking around with horns on their heads and, you know, and like looking like zombies and, you know, or like, you know, like Pikachu or do you know what I mean? Uh And they, they love it. This would not have happened in 1974, you know, and and I think it it's because of not you know Dungeons and Dragons was the root, but then we learned role playing is a great way to learn about yourself, and now it's just proliferated into this massive massive thing. Absolutely. Well, as you're work as you're working on getting the other fifty percent of the uh, of the interviews and things done. Uh, if you wanted to get an interview with the co-host of the longest-running unofficial D&D podcast, I could probably hook you up with that. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a deal. But we'll have to do it in person, though. Right on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm down. I'm totally down. Cool. Well, let's talk about the Kickstarter. Kick- Kickstarter, because uh, we've got a couple of weeks here to, to help you raise the money. So uh, tell us a little bit about why the Kickstarter. What, what's that all about? Well, we all right. So the it was actually Andrew was like, "Why don't we do Kickstarter?" And at first, I was I, I was leery because, um, it, to me, to be honest, in my mind, I was like, "Oh, why do we want to do Kickstarter? It's it's not you know. I mean, why don't we just go to? We had actually people who were already interested in helping us find money." Um, which would have been unbelievably easier than doing a Kickstarter. Doing Kickstarter is like a full-time job. Sure. Um, so, but then I started thinking about it and we started talking about it more. And, uh, you know, it, it because Dungeons & Dragons is a at, at its root a social game and it's about being a community – and so we looked at it and thought, yeah, that is the right way to do it. No matter what, it's it's about community first. Um, and so that was that was a big part of it. Um, the other part of it is, you know, Kickstarter right now is part of uh, a publicity in a way. You know, uh, you hope to get the word out to people that you are a film or you are a product, whatever it is. You know, you're a game, you're a T-shirt company. Um, And that's hard to separate out from that as well. So those were the two main reasons. Uh, To be honest, you know, even the amount that we we put up, um, it's it'll it'll get us through but it's going to be tough because we have a lot of money to spend unfortunately on archives uh because we have to you know just sort of uh, put us you know it's we're a historical documentary partly historical documentary so we need to put everybody back in the 70s and the 80s and that's expensive unfortunately sure, so sure. um anyway but yeah so that's 
one of the reasons why we're uh, you know asking uh, doing Kickstarter. So what if say I I, I donate money to the Kickstarter? Um, what is that money doing then? How is that turning this in, into a movie? That money um, is doing a few things. One, uh, it's helping us to uh, interview the next round of people. Um, Dave Wesley is somebody who we haven't talked to yet, who we're dying to talk to. Uh, um, you, I'm sure if you know anything about the history, you know um, uh, the Blooms. We're hoping to talk to them. Um, uh, there's, uh, uh, John Peterson is going to be a big part of our film and we want to talk to him. Ethan Gilsdorf, uh, we want to do a, a real sit down interview. We interviewed him already once, but it was, he was our first interview. Uh, and we really, really like him and, uh, we just didn't know enough. So we want to go back and get him again. So it would be about the interviews. It would also help us in editing. We're going to, we've been talking to editors uh, and we want to sort of get a really good editor to sort of sit down with us and help us with the structure because it's going to be a complicated structure. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would help us with that. Um, And it will help a little bit with the archive. Um, To give you an idea, you know, um, an archive, let's say, for example, there's a a 60 minutes piece that we love. So if we use a 60 minutes piece with audio and with their their news reporter, it's, you know, almost one hundred dollars a second. Right. Um, And so we try not to use it. (laughs) But on the other side you we love it and and um you know i don't know if you guys saw the trailer but there's a little there's a couple clips in there and people respond to it so much like oh my god that's amazing Mm -hmm. um and it's great to hear from gary gygax you know in 1982 it's great to hear from him or 1985 so it'll help pay for the, the archive um and uh some graphics as well. Um, we want it to feel, we're sort of making, we want the film to feel um, very sort of, uh, how would I explain this? Um, well, I, I, have you guys seen the, the trailer uh, that we did? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, there are those pencil shots where these you know, this pencil sweeps by and then the, the, the title sort of comes in off of the pencil. Mm-hmm. We, we want it to feel very playful and um, sort of bring into the film a feel of playfulness through graphics. Um, so it'll help us sort of design those graphics because that, that unfortunately is not, not cheap as well. Um, it, it is when you have people who want to work with you, um, like the, the two people who helped us on the trailer are amazing. Miguel helped us with the graphics. Um, and my friend Patrick, uh, did the score and, uh, I can't thank them enough. They did an amazing job. And so for the people who do, uh, contribute to the Kickstarter, what are some of the re- rewards that they get for, for contributing besides the great movie. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, what we're doing is we have uh, we have obviously a whole host of rewards from like uh, you know like a, a thank you all the way to executive producer um, but um, some of the ones that seem to be really popular is uh, are um, obviously a, a digital download of the movie um, uh, there's going to be a, a, a two disc blu-ray of the movie as well which will have the movie and then as as I was talking about we have this um, uh, we have this now archive of these interviews, uh, really sort of really in-depth interviews. The second disc would have some clips from those interviews. Um, there's also going to be a website that we're, we're hoping to build uh, if, if we can, hopefully. And the website we're hoping will be – do you remember the old like uh, uh, pick-your-own-adventure uh, uh, books you know we sort of flip through well we're hoping to build a video like sort of system where you would have three choices of interviews and it would all be sort of about the same subject whatever it is right and then you would get to choose it's like okay well hmm i want to follow gabe zucker uh, uh gabe zuckerman and talk more about gamification or i want to look at tim cask more and talk more about the old days or, you know, and you'd be able to follow different paths and see where it takes you. Um, so that's, that's what you, one of the rewards is you would have access to that site. Um, there's, um, uh, uh, diesel LaForce is, uh, making a poster for us. Uh, he's the, he's one of the guys, illustrators, uh, who, did uh, deities and demigods and other things like that. Uh, he was at TSR for a long time. So he's making a new poster for us, and that's one of the rewards. Um, there's the, the actually the two books that I was talking about before, um, the David Ewalt book and um, the, the John Peterson book. Those guys have been really, really nice to us, and uh, you know they're like they will even personalize the books. You know, like if if you want the book, they're going to sign it and they'll even personalize it. Um, and uh, uh, those two books, I, I cannot. It, granted, I have not read uh, um, of Dyson Met Men yet uh, because I just don't have a copy of it yet. But having talked to David Ewalt, uh, he knows his stuff. <laughs> so, um, but those are some things. And then, like on the high end. And then, of course, there's, you know, uh, a thank you in the credits and there's, um, you know, associate producer. Um, there's things like that. Um, there's a there's a Skype call with uh, myself, Andrew and James, um, which I think we put down as like a lower amount than it actually will be. We're, we're probably going to make it more than I, I think it says like 10 minutes. I think it's going to be more than that because uh, you can tell I love to talk. So, <laughs> so more than likely, it'll be more than that. Um, and then at the very high end, um, with the executive producers, we, um, one of us would fly out with the movie, um, to wherever we need to go. Um, and if you wanted to have sort of a party at your house, uh, and sort of have like a, a Q and a with us, a personalized Q and a, um, and, and you would be an executive producer at the film as well. And you could throw a party. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
So, but that's, that's some of them. And then we have others coming through. Oh, and there's a shirt as well. Um, and you know, these are all like, we're, we're sort of redesigning things as we go and we're, we're bringing rolling new stuff out, um, all the time. We're hoping to have another couple shirts from, uh, from a friend of mine who, uh, is like a, kind of like a, like a, a, I don't know what kind of designer you'd call him, but he's, he's sort of a, uh, like a mod sort of designer and uh, I'm hoping to get a couple uh, designs from him as well. So there's a bunch of stuff and, and, and something for everyone, quite honestly. And how much time do people have to support it? We are finished the 17th of September, I believe. <laughs> it sounds, sounds right to me. It sounds right. I, I think that's it. If it's not the 17th, it's the 16th, but I'm pretty sure it's the 17th. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and let's say catastrophe strikes and the money's not quite there. Um, what happens to the project? Does the whole thing go away or is it just not quite as good because you're not able to get the other footage or how does that all play out? It will not go away. Um, and, uh, I, I, I've spent too long and quite honestly, I, I, I love this project. The reason why I, 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 you know, Ethan and David and Michael Tresca and John Peterson and all these guys, uh, you know, the reason I really, really like these guys and, and like you guys obviously doing a podcast about this, this game, you know, it's, we love the game and we want to show people how important it really is. Mm-hmm. Even if you, even if it's just the butt of jokes now, so it's not going to go away. Um, and, uh, uh, we have contingency plans if, if Kickstarter doesn't happen, we really would like Kickstarter to happen because (laughs) it would just make it easier for us. Um, in the end, you know, one of the reasons why we want Wizards of the Coast's blessing, but we don't want to be, you know, supported by Wizards of the Coast is because we want to make our film. We want to make a film that is telling the history and not that wizards would do anything, you know, to, to stop us from doing that. But, you know, we would like to make a film that people really want to watch, uh, and really tells the story of this game. And once you get other investors in it, that starts to become a little harder. So that's, yeah, and, go ahead. and that always, of course, raises the question of of influence, right? You know, if, if you if you come out positive in certain areas, then people wonder if if you're just doing that because of the funding, or if you're negative, then you then there's concerns about you know maybe they don't want to fund you. So, yeah, exactly. And and you know, I mean, uh, Wizards loves what we're doing already. We've shown them some footage, right. and we've talked to them, and and they've been really really supportive of us, and so we have a good relationship with them. And and I think they understand that you know we love the game and we're doing something good, so it's it it's working so far, um, and so you know it, it, if we can avoid having any sort of big external influence, it does nothing but good for the film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, any last questions? No, I think I'm all set. Anthony, any last things you want to let want people know about? 
um, just you know, go to Kickstarter. Uh, even if you're even if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons, if you've played a role playing game, um, go to Kickstarter. This is this is as much about role playing games as it is about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Right on. And where can people go to find out more information? Um, we have a, a website. It's uh, D N D a doc. So dndadoc.com. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. So we'd like to say thank you to Continue Magazine and Anthony Savini. And if you want to get a hold of us, we are available by email at thetomeshow at gmail.com. You can call the Tomes Biz line at 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. That's 919-BIZ-TOME. Or swing over to the forums at gamershavenpodcast.com. See the show notes for links to the Kickstarter and the D&D documentary website at thetomeshow.com. And that is episode 202, where we help make an important part of film and gaming history by discussing the campaign to make the Dungeons and Dragons documentary in this episode of The Tome, The Tome, The Tome, The Tome, The Tome, The Tome. I'm off the wall.